podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A lot of us probably struggle with sleep hygiene, how to fall asleep, stay asleep, and get restful sleep. But did you know that improving your sleep hygiene could help improve your overall health? Health Break, a podcast by UPMC Health Plan, dives into this topic with advice and tips you can use from our expert wellness health coaches. Listen now to find out how you can start improving your sleep at upmchp.us slash healthbreaksleep. That's upmchp.us slash healthbreaksleep. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back, and it is so good to say that... Kansas State Wildcats are 1-0 after their win over the Stanford Cardinal. And, man, it was it was a fun one. I think it was an all-time type game. And I, I'm i buzzing. I'm buzzing big time. Uh, the boys are back. Bosses boys first post-game episode of the year. Grant is not able to join me. He is driving his baby back up from Texas to Kansas. And he has a lot on his plate, so I'm going at this one solo. I will say that we hopefully will be getting out a Q&A spectacular on Tuesday because the Bonehead sent in so many great questions. The hope is that Grant is able to do it so he can get his thoughts in on the game. If he doesn't, I'll hop in because, again, you guys sent in a lot of great questions. Before we get into talking about this, uh, we always talk about coffee of the pod and that is sponsored by spotify green room is a live audio only sports talk platform free to download and use to talk to folks like me other fans athletes and insiders in real time would have been perfect for a watch party during that stanford game debates and a post-game breakdown you can react to breaking news it is a free app that you can download in the apple ios store or the android app store just link it with your Twitter account, and we're going to be going live every Wednesday, 7 p.m. in God's time zone, the central time zone. Join us and let your voice be heard. Okay, before we talk specifically about the game, I think it needs to be said because uh, Stuart Mandel is a tool who was basically trashing on the Big 12, the new Big 12, once it was announced. Maybe we'll have a special episode next week, or this upcoming week. It's becoming official. BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston are joining the Big 12. Stuart Mandel popped off his West Coast elitist ass saying that, oh, this new one can't compete with the Big 12. Yada, 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 yada. I couldn't be further from the truth. The Pac-12 this past weekend went 5-7. and seven, Week 1 college football. Those losses included one of their ranked teams losing to an FCS team. And then their teams losing to BYU an expansion candidate, and K-State. Anyone, including Stuart Mandel, or anyone who tries to say that the new Big 12, Big 12 3.0, isn't going to wipe the floor at the Pac-12, just kidding themselves. So I just felt like that needed to be said. Um, but yeah, 24-7. Honestly, it wasn't even that close. 
I do want to give a shout out to all the boneheads who came out. I met so many of you guys just running into you like on the highway for, you know, down in Oklahoma, just at rest stops or at Brahms, Texas live the first night tailgating at the games, Texas live afterwards. Like it, it's been amazing. I don't think we've had a weekend since we started the show that I got to meet so many of you for the first time, just coming up and saying, hi, I'm going to be at all the home games. I'm going to try to go to most of the road games. If you see me or if you think you see me, come up, say hi. Shoot me your address. I'll send you a koozie. It was awesome. Also, speaking of the koozies, so many pictures of your koozies. That was awesome. All right. Um, let's kind of get into it. I know there was so much, a lot of angst around moving this game to Jerry's World, and I think the official attendance number is just under 30,000. That is disappointing. I'm not going to try to say, oh, that's a great number to see. There's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into it because almost all of those fans were K-State fans. If you take into account, you know, you have 28,000 K-State fans traveling throughout the world for this game. Like, that, that, that's pretty good. Again, Allstate didn't send anyone. They, they, they didn't send any of their people to fill their sponsor seats. Stanford didn't bring anyone. That game could have been in the 60s if you had a better traveling opponent and if the sponsors would have used their seats. That doesn't change anything. I thought the energy was way better than 30,000. I thought it was great. It got loud at points. It was so much fun. It it legitimately was the most fun I've had at a non-conference game in a really long time. So I'm glad I'm glad it went. I know a lot of you who went had a great time. I think ultimately this will go down as a good decision financially. We won the game and so many fans had a good time. So you know, I I don't think it's going to happen a ton. I don't think it's going to happen probably again in the next few years, but I think if it happens again, folks need to make an effort to come because I don't know anyone who has come who didn't have a great time. Also, when we're back in AT&T Stadium, maybe, you know, in December for a certain little uh, Big 12 championship game, I think KC fans need to try to get down there. All right, first thing specifically kind of about the game and team. This team, and I don't know how sustainable it is throughout the season, but the type of energy and passion and honestly kind of swagger they had uh, is something that we haven't seen in a really long time. I, I think this team feels like they have the magic. I think they feel that they have the goods, that they can make this a special season. And being able to see them manifest that and like the fun they're having, the energy, like I said, is kind of why you love college football. Football is the greatest sport in the world. And you just don't kind of get that type of energy, that, you know, idea that, hey, they're playing a game and swagger in NFL football. It's totally different. The players are doing it to build brands there. They're doing it, you know, to get paid. You still see the love of the game with this K-State football team. Now, is that energy, that swagger, that, you know, that energy, basically that aura around them, is that sustainable? Are they going to be able to bring it 12 games this year? What's going to happen if they get upset in a game, are they going to be able to bring it that next week? I don't know. These are questions and things I'm going to be looking for the entire season because if they can keep this up, if they come into every game with that bopping energy. They're coming out on the field dancing. They're feeling themselves. They have this energy, the confidence. That's Honestly, that's kind of what it comes down to. There's this new confidence with that team. If they can keep it throughout the entire year, it's going to be a magical season. It's going to be something special. I, I truly, truly believe that. Um, you could also kind of see it, how much this game meant 
to the players and Coach Klein in the post-game press conference. We don't do a full breakdown in the uh, post-game show, similar to midweek where we talked about Coach Klein's press conference. It's out there on uh, the K-State online YouTube page if you want it. You can find all the quotes. KC Online does a great job with those press conferences. If you're not subscribed over there, you're not getting the best in breaking K-State news. Love the KC Online guys. They did a great job covering the Cats this weekend. But you can see that they have that. I'm repeating it. You know, this isn't great podcasting, but they feel the magic. They... You can sense that they know that they have a chance to have a special season, especially a special season where you know they were counted as the seventh best Big Twelve team, a season where the national media literally tried to collude to kill you off as an athletic department. I don't know how much of that they're feeding off of. I have no idea if that's just more of a fan thing, and they're not even thinking of it. But the fact that they could have a special season with all that looming over them. Just makes it, you know, even more special. I'm also, like, I couldn't be more excited for next weekend. If you haven't gotten tickets yet, there's going to be some on the secondary market. There's still some on K-State's website. But it's going to be a sellout. It's going to be the first sellout in over, what, two years? It's going to be, no, no, like a year and a half. I don't know when the last time there was a sellout. Because of COVID last year, of course. You're going to have 50,000 people in both Snyder Family Stadium rabid for that game. Um, part of me kind of wishes we were playing Nevada next week just to make sure that, sure that we had, you know, that rabid fan base. But, you know, fill it up, refill the bill, and then get folks back for that Nevada game. And then, hey, let's all get on I-35 South and go to Stillwater again uh, here in like three, four weeks. Okay, uh, total yardage, we outgained them uh, by, what, 110 yards, we had 344, they had 233. Time of possession, Stanford did have 33, we had 27. Time of possession doesn't mean anything when you're kicking their ass. We turned them over twice, we had the one really bad turnover. Something to keep an eye on, Stanford had 9 penalties, 65 yards, we had 9 for 80. We had a lot of costly penalties. Uh, I mean, just the one on the punt return, you know, I think it's technically a 10-yard penalty, no. That was, you know, we were going to have the ball inside the 20, then we were, you know, back on our own 20. It was like a 60-yard penalty when you really look at it. So that one really hurt. And then there's the one to bring back one of Deuce's runs. So keep an eye on the penalties. Again, I'm not overly worried about but it's going to have my attention. Um, third down efficiency, we did a great job with Sanford on uh, third down. They went 4 of 12, which, again, a lot of that had to do with what Klanderman er, said he needed to do. Get better on first and second down. Give them tough third downs. They did go one for one on fourth down. Uh, not on the other side, not great for us. Two for seven on third down. One of those was the Deuce Vaughn third and 12 run up the middle uh, touchdown. And then we did uh, go one for one on fourth down to ice it out. So, you know, that that's the high picture. Let's get into the offense. The offense side of the ball review is sponsored by Adopt Own Shop. If you want a furry friend and a companion for your whole life, make sure to go to one of the great shelters throughout the country and find your newest family member. All right, uh, talking about the offense. The best drive of the game, in my opinion, was that very first one. They were having a great play mix. I honestly think um, Courtney Messingham was a genius in the first half. I loved a lot of the stuff he was dialing up. Um, And we even were showing a little bit of tempo. Things were going great. Again, uh, of course, it ended with that interception in the end zone. That wasn't great. But I was really, really pleased 
with that drive, and I was really pleased for the most part with Courtney Messingham's play calls. That said, there was a lot of those not like unsustained drives. We were not very good on third down when it came up. We are kind of getting a little bit dependent again on either the defense setting you up with a turnover or a big play on offense, and that's a little concerning. We talked about it in a couple of the previews, and again, I would rather the team be capable of those bigger plays to set yourself up for points than not. I mean, it's bad if you're never going to do it, but I'm concerned if that's the only way you're going to get points. So... I do have some concern. Let's talk about the quarterback specifically. Skyler's back. First game back since uh, he got knocked out by Rico Jeffers in that Texas Tech game. Went 9 of 14, 144 yards passing, one interception, 10 carries, 33 yards, two touchdowns. Three of those rushing attempts were stat or sacks, so that really does kill his yardage. Kind of a you know stupid quirk about college football stat keeping, but hey, is what it is. Um, I think... There was a lot more rust on Skyler, though, than we wanted to think. I think the game was just moving a bit faster than I expected for him. But, you know, that said, outside of that interception, there was no throw where it's like, okay, that was a bad throw. I mean, if it wasn't for a couple drops just by a matter of Bebe himself, he's up over 200 yards. And he only threw it 14 times. Again, we didn't need to throw it. The game was never in doubt. I would have liked to try to run up the score on him because, you know, I'm a vindictive dick and really wanted to put him on him. But, hey, you know, 24-7 is a pretty good beatdown on its own. Um, but when it, when it comes to Skyler, um, you know, I, 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 I wanted some more. Again, like I said, outside the interception, not really bad. But in my head, I thought he was just going to come out and kind of be like what he was versus Oklahoma. And... We didn't need him to do that. He did exactly what we needed him to win. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what Southern Illinois and then especially Nevada looks like because Southern Illinois, they're going to be worse than Stanford, and you can, you know, run it up on him and see what he can do. Northern or Nevada, I think, is going to be a shootout because I, I like their quarterback. They beat Cal. They really, truly are going to be the toughest team we play in the non-con. I think now it can stop kind of being a meme or like a hipster thing to say amongst K-State folks on Twitter. I think there's no doubt that's going to be the toughest game. And we're going to need Skyler to be a bit more sharp. And we're going to need the wide receivers to catch the balls that hit them in the hands. Um, one thing that he still has, though, is that knows four touchdown once he's in the red zone. Both his rushing touchdowns are just vintage Skyler Thompson touchdowns. One of them just trucking a guy, the other one just getting in there. Once you're in the red zone, it's time to do quarterback read. He is going to find a way into the end zone. I don't think Skyler can be t- stopped. Once you get in goal-to-go situations, like at the eight, he's going to find a way to get in touch in the end zone. And guess what? Once folks start staying home with him, you're just going to hand off to Deuce, and he's going to scurry in there. So I think, you know, get into those red zones, whether it's via big play, defense, whatever. Once we're in there, Skyler's going to get a score. So, yeah, um, you know, I think the, the last thing I think, I, actually there's two things, and they contradict each other a little bit because, again, wouldn't be Bosco's boys if we didn't contradict a little bit. So one of his best plays was when he extended the play, stayed in the pocket so long, and Phillip Brooks did the scramble drill, and he was able to get that big play. 
in the same vein, I think there were a handful of times that I wish he would have taken off and run a little bit quicker. I think he really got railed on quite a bit back in 2019 for bailing on the pocket a little too early. I, I think he's fixed that. He stayed in the pocket the entire time, um, you know, even in the face of pressure, because as we'll talk about, the offensive line wasn't great. He, uh, I, I think he had opportunities to, you know, go off and run a little bit more. Maybe they're trying to save him. Maybe he's really just trying to show, hey, he can stay in the pocket. So I'd like to see... I'd like to see him take off run a little bit earlier. Or, you know, hey, maybe Philip Brooks, you know, just keep chucking it to him during scramble drills and maybe he'll just make big plays. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, Skyler Thompson, fine. Nothing great. Little bit of rust. Not worried about it. But super pumped. He looks good in the number seven. Loved seeing him get in the end zone a couple times. We'll move on the offensive line. This was far and away the most disappointing unit on the team for me this game. Um, again, just my point of view. I'll, I'll welcome anyone who wants to tweet in and say I'm wrong. I'm always open to that debate. Um, Noah Johnson, on a handful of occasions, I was really keen on him just miss some blocks. I think everyone's going to miss some blocks. But, again, you got a super senior coming back, team captain. You don't want to see it. Um, KT Love was not good at guard. I don't think that fixed it for him. Um, I don't want to see a massive rotation with him continuing to play until I can see something different because he wasn't good at tackle last year. One game in, and only rotational in his defense. Only rotational. didn't Wasn't out there a ton, but I didn't think he looked good at guard. I think Duffy had one of his roughest games as a Wildcat. He just opened the welcome wagon on a couple of those sacks and just kind of, you know, let someone ride in. It, it wasn't great. I... I Really hope that over the next couple of weeks and before we get to Stanford, they start getting to the point where their potential and what we expect or we're hoping from them comes to fruition. It's almost getting to the point where, like with offensive line hype, we got we're almost gonna have to say wait to see it because it was the same way in Clemens' first year. We all love Connor Riley, and you're they were returning so many guys. It took them a while to get going, so maybe it's just like a slow build up for the offensive line, but. I'm not going to lie, I, 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 I was legitimately disappointed in that unit. I think it's the only unit, well, I don't know. I, I, I think it was probably the unit I was most disappointed in. There's only one other person I was kind of a little disappointed in their game. We'll get there in a second, but yeah, I was, I was disappointed in them. Um, ultimately, though, I, I think uh, BB had a good game. I think Cooper BB is a real deal. I like him at left tackle. I think he had a great game. I think ultimately uh, he'll be a beast at guard when he eventually moves. I think he's an NFL guard. I think he's a round three, round four type NFL guard. Um, so he had a good game, but I, I just need to see more from the offensive line. Moving in tight ends, fullbacks. Fullbacks, uh, Jax is the real deal. He didn't register stat. Um, I think he went out on a couple passing plays. But the dude was just hitting home runs, just demolishing guys. The very first run play of the game just pancaked a dude and helped spring Deuce on that big first run for him. He, like early on in his career, he was boom or bust. He either was going to have the highlight blocker he was going to miss completely. He doesn't miss completely anymore. He's And he's still hitting home run blocks. Like anytime he's on the field, boneheads need to watch what he does because 
you know, there's not a lot of fullbacks around anymore. But he is one of the best ones in the nation. I absolutely loved it. Also, just to get me going, he's now on kickoff coverage. And again, I have no idea if he can actually tackle. I have no idea if he's even doing his assignment. But he runs down, and the first person he gets in his way, he just takes out. He just demolishes them. Again, I don't I don't know if that's actually assignment sound. I don't know what he's being told to do. If he's being told just to be a wrecker, go down there, fuck some stuff up. Pardon my French. Um, that's what he's doing. And he's just a football player. He's an old school football player. If he was around in the 90s, he'd be a Heisman candidate. Jackson Mean is a wild man. Tight ends, um, nothing really for Sammy Wheeler. I don't think he registered his stat. I don't think he was targeted. He was out there a bit. Um, Nick Leonard's the only really thing I have for him. Um, he, he actually got out on as a lead blocker very well. He moved really well to set up. Possibly a big run for Skyler. But he just kind of fell down. Uh, you know, he couldn't choose between two guys he was going to block. Ended up falling down. Didn't get either one of them. Uh, still a decent play, but it could have been more. Um, Daniel Matterbebe, um had two really bad drops. And that is disappointing. Um, you have, I think he probably... Got some of, and I think it's deserved because he also had two really great plays. You can see the type of athlete he is, but with all the hype and love and expectations that we had for him, I, when I saw those two drops, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I was hurting a little bit. I I was a little sad. That was a little disappointing. I think he'll figure it out because again, with those two, he he was two for thirty eight. With those two catches that he should have had, he would have been. Four catches for well over 60 yards. Probably banging on the door of 80 because there was that long one where Skyler just dropped it. In. Maybe Skyler's best throw of the night or the morning. And he dropped it. So, you know, what can you do about it? But I, I, you can see where it's going to be there. He just needs to be sure-handed. Um, let's get into running backs. Deuce Vaughn, 13 carries, 124 yards. Average of 9.5, one touchdown. It was on that 59-yard run. Also had two catches for twenty or for twelve yards. Ultimately, having only fifteen cut touches seems a bit low, but again, when you're killing them, when the game isn't in doubt, you don't need to run them into a wall. I think second half we just almost were in ice the game mode in the second half because we knew Stanford wasn't going to do anything on offense. So I'm not too worried about it. But he's the real deal. The play call on third and twelve truly was a call of glory. Messingham just dialed it up, perfectly executed. That was probably the best play by the offensive line, that or that very first run that he had. And then, you know, he got past the linebackers, made one guy miss, and he, it's a touchdown. Deuce Vaughn is a special player, very special player. Didn't quite get to that 150 uh, yards from scrimmage, 136. Um, that final run that he had called back would have gotten him up over that 150 mark, but I see no reason why he's not going to be between 120, 160, 170 yards from scrimmage every single game. I think between rushing and receiving, he is going to be knocking on the door of 1,800 yards. And hell, I mean, all it takes is one big play and a couple big chunks. He's up over 100 yards rushing. He might get over 1,000 yards rushing which I was kind of putting my nose up at. Deuce Vaughn's a special player. Really, 
really enjoyed seeing him in person for the first time ever. I didn't go to a game last season. Seeing what he does in person, it just hits different. Joe Irvin, um, how much was it him? How much was it the offensive line? I don't know. Um, but five rushes, two yards, not a fun stat line to see, especially after the hype we've been getting the last couple of weeks. Again, we're going to reserve any too harsh of judgment until, you know, that bye week. Let's get through that first five games, almost halfway through the season. Then we'll revisit some of the hype and kind of do a postpartum, like, okay, postmortem, sorry, uh, and figure out, do we need to stop buying into hype? Um but we'll see. I mean, maybe he'll have a big game for Southern uh, Illinois versus Salukis. Maybe maybe the offensive line figures out, but it wasn't a good one. Uh, Jacardier Wright, one carry for six yards. Um, there's definitely a role for him on this team. He's a big back. I like that one run he had. But again, if you look at it, like what? Six rushes that weren't going to deuce. We only had running backs carry the ball less than 20 times. Again, there were some penalties, so it's probably closer to 23-24. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to see, I mean, if that if that's really all it's going to be, if there's going to be six carries between Joe Irvin, Jarkady, you're right, I'd like to see three for three. Right, ran hard. Broken arm tackle. I thought he looked good. Um, we'll move into the wide receivers. Keenan Garber had a great route, honestly, and ran past guy that caused a defensive pass interference. That was the only time he was targeted. Malik Knowles did most of his damage running the ball, and I like messing him doing this. Get your playmakers the ball. He had one jet sweep, and there was one time I think he was literally just lined up as a halfback. Two carries, 35 yards, two catches for 13. You know, similar to Deuce Vaughn. Find a way to get him the ball. He's a dynamic athlete. I thought he looked good. It was good to see him out there. He was running hard. Hopefully he continues to stay healthy all year. But again, I like it. I like it. Uh, Brooks was the best wide receiver on the day. Three catches for 81 yards. The guy had that scramble drill, and that was amazing. Um, he just found space, got open, connected with Skyler, set up that touchdown. Ultimately, maybe play defense a little bit better on that interception, but again, I'm, I'm not going to knock a wide receiver too hard for not you know, flipping their mind there. Um... You know, I I think, and those are the only wide receivers who registered stats. How Weber, Warner, all played. I don't remember seeing Sebastian play or not. Um, so that's on me. I'm 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 sure he maybe got in there. Um, but again, quiet night from the wide receivers. They only passed the ball a handful of times. So we'll see as things evolve. Um, the hope is. They're going to come around because you're going to need them in games. So we'll see. All in all, offense, fine. Expected a little bit more, but they got the job done. Ultimately, you don't have to show all the tricks. You don't have to do all the bells and whistles in a game like that, which I need to kind of keep in mind because uh, I, I was a little disappointed. But again, 24-7, you covered. Um, you did the job. And, and honestly, if the defense wasn't, you know, pitching a shutout until garbage time, they probably would have been more aggressive. I think they probably would have put more point, points up. So I'm not not overly worried about the offense. A little worried about uh, the offensive line. Wish Bebe wouldn't have had those drops. Uh, we'll be interested to see what the wide receivers do. Can Malik Knowles start getting open a little bit more? We'll see what happens. So moving to the defense, the defensive side of the ball, 
review is sponsored by the Bosco's Boys Swag Shop. Head over to the Swag Shop for the Bosco's Boys merch you need. Cats by 90, bringer of cats. The boys are back in much, much more. Go to the Swag Shop. Klanderman, uh, so is it Stanford sucks? Or did maybe moving down to the field like really give him something? I, I He made a big He didn't make a big deal. They, he was asked the question, and he said he was going to move back down the field that he thought he was getting too analytical last year. So moving down will give him a better feel. Well, hey, through one game, I mean, the mob is back. I mean, it, it was great. You know, Eli Huggins, some of the guys were throwing up the mob sign. Uh, not, not lynch mob anymore. We're just calling it the mob. It's back. Throw it up. Let's see Let's see what they do for Southern Illinois. They hold them down. Okay, I'm all in on it. Now, and, hey, if they hold, like, Nevada under 17 points, it's, like, all the way back. But they look great. Klanderman, again, maybe found the secret sauce coming down there. Uh, we saw a lot of that three-man front. Um, I think ultimately it was successful. I think that the three-man front is good. That said, I don't like it. I don't like three-man front. It looks weird. I, I'm like always convinced we're about to get gashed to football. But, you know, it looked good. It was successful. Kleiman said that he worked a lot with coaches over the last eight months who know and are experts in the three-man front. Him and Klanderman did. And... You know what? If he thinks that's the move, that's the move. I trust Kleiman. I trust Klanderman. And it looks good. They did a great job. Um, when you have a space eater like Timmy Horner, I'll talk about him in a little bit, but when you have a guy like that, the three-man front is going to work out more than it's not. So I don't like it. I, don't, I get worried when I see it, but it's successful. So, hey, it doesn't matter. Um, ultimately, it's going to come down to... Can this defense be salty over the 12 games? I, I I do think the offense is going to find their groove. I think they're going to get there. But if the defense is this salty and this good over the entire season, we keep talking about the magic. And I think some of the boneheads get a little excited predicting, you know, Big 12 championship game. I predict it too. But I think that becomes a legitimate possible outcome if – the defense can keep it up. I'm excited. I'm excited about this defense. Talk about the defensive line. Like I said up top, Tim, Timmy Horn is the real deal. I think he only got one tackle. He actually chased a dude down, beat his guy on the inside, made a move, chased a guy down, got the tackle. But he was winning his battle every single time. Interior offensive line, like, have to, like, just be nervous to go up against this guy he was dominant he was in the backfield almost every single time it was great he timmy horn is a real deal and i am pumped to see the next 11 games with him Khalid duke four tackles one sack he really does have some great moves on the outside i think we saw him almost dropping the coverage a couple times to drop back into that three-man look i don't like that i don't but again i'm, I'm gonna learn to trust that defensive alignment and Khalid duke had, to, had himself a great game. Especially on that sack. I went nuts on that sack. I was pretty pumped with it. Jalen Pickle, two tackles. Like his game. Eli Huggins, two tackles, including a sack. You know, those two, you know, Jalen, Eli, plus Timmy, Horn, and Hence. That's a great foursome on your interior defensive line. Is it like Oklahoma or SEC defensive? Not, no, it's not. I'm not trying to say that that, that foursome is the like a top 10 foursome. It's half half of the Big 12, and they have motors. And I think it goes to say with all the rotating they do, those guys are fresh all the way till the end. 
So they, all four of them, had a really good game. Excited to see what they get going forward. Um, Spencer Truscott got in the game, got a sack. He was in a couple of those uh, jet packages. It was fun to see him get out there. Felix and DK one tackle. I think I saw Matt Lat out there. Uh, he didn't get a tackle, but I'm pretty sure I saw him out there. Excited to see that happen. Linebackers, this was the big worry for everyone. For me, but let's continue to see what it looks like in a non-combat. I legitimately think they looked good. And I was surprised. I thought they looked very good. Daniel Green led the team nine tackles, flying all over. Sadly, one of those tackles got flagged for targeting. You're going to miss the first game of that Southern Illinois. Uh, probably going to see more Nick Allen, is my guess. Um, so that's disappointing. But if you're going to get a targeting penalty, um, you know, second half before you play Southern Illinois, probably the time to do it. That said, that targeting penalty did almost directly, I believe, lead to that uh, touchdown that they got. So no shutout. I really wanted the shutout. I it got to a point where it when it looked like it was going to be possible. I was I really wanted it. Um, so a little sad to give up that touchdown, but it is what it is. Cody Fletcher, what a game from him. He got a sack. He got a, he was in on a tackle for loss. Eight total tackles. Cody Fletcher's looking good. Wayne Jones and Hennington both looked good at linebacker as well. I think it's going to work out. Whenever we're in those formations and those guys are in it, Sam, I think it's going to work out. I thought they looked good. So many questions about the linebackers. I, I legitimately think they look good. Now, what what do the two traditional backers look like behind Daniel Green and Cody Fletcher? I don't know. They're going to have to eat their Wheaties every game because I'm I'll, I'll get nervous when I see those guys behind them. But, you know, if you have a threesome of Daniel Green, Cody Fletcher, Wayne Jones, or Hennington out there, I feel okay about the linebackers, which isn't something I thought I was going to be saying. Again, only through game one, Stanford sucks. I could be having this show with Grant next week after Southern Illinois and we're melting down about the linebackers. That could very well happen. But at least through one game, I'm very pleased with what they look like. Secondary, so they gave up 194 yards passing, uh, their quarterbacks went 23 through 30 in the air. But honestly, I think they looked good in coverage. Um, Stanford's big plays, so they had a couple big plays up the sideline and then their touchdown. I I think we had good coverage. I, I do. I don't I don't know if they really did anything wrong on those. Stanford's wide receivers just went up and made plays, which again it kind of kind of makes you a little bit disappointed that you don't have, or at least we haven't proven to have guys who can do that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, You know, TJ Smith, welcome back, kid. Big interception, returned it. I thought I thought he was going to house it. But that cemented the game. Um, It was great to see that for, first, or that turnover. Russ East got another one. Should have had a second one, but there was a penalty that wiped that one off. Um. You know, and then, you know, Justin Gardner, I think I'll mention him a little bit later, but he also should have had one and just had a had a drop. Um, ultimately, I think Brents was good in coverage. Echo Boydo was fine in coverage. I think I need to see both of those guys get their head around just a split second earlier so they can make a play on the ball. I think that is what I was expecting. So I, I think I might be a little bit disappointed in both of them, um, Echo and... Uh, 
Brents because they weren't able to get their head and turn around and make a play on the ball when they were targeted. But ultimately, I, I, I don't think anything happened in this game that's going to make me come off the idea that we are a very good secondary. Um, T. Denson, massive tackle for a loss. He was bringing the pain. I really like his game. J-Mac is an interesting story. He did. He was not. I think he might have been fourth in the team on safety reps behind Yeast, behind T.J. Smith, even behind Ross Elder. So is he banged up? He's a team captain. I don't know what's going on there. Going to have to do some digging throughout the week to figure out what was going on with J-Mac. When he was out there, I mean, he was great. One and a half tackles for a loss. Got his first, first uh, forced fumble of the year. It was good when he was out there. Just surprising on the limited amount of uh, snaps he got. The sauce boss, Reggie Stubblefield. Reggie the legend. I like the sauce boss the best, but massive play on a pass breakup. Great ball skills. He looked really good out there. I I think between him and Amaris Brown, who was out there as well, I think we're going to be very, very good slot corner. I'm feeling really good. Um, Justin Gardner, like I said, he had a, the other pass breakup. But again, it should have been a pick six. Literally could have been a pick six. Um, so I, I, I will say... Oh, Sincere Mason also was out there. Uh, he got he got some snaps. Um, got three tackles in the game as well. Um, downside to the secondary, Ross Alter. Um, I don't think he's up to the task. We were playing three safety looks quite a bit, and he was out there. I I don't know. I I don't know if that is the right move. We're going to continue to watch it. I know there was a lot of angst around him last year. I think he probably had one of the worst showings on defense. Um, so we'll see what happens. He gives it his all. And I, I'm, I think he's in the right place at the most time. But I I don't know. It, I, it's just questioning to see him out there as much as we did in so little J-Mac. So I, you have to think something's going on there, but, you know, not sure. Um, all right, well, moving to special teams. The uh, special teams review is brought to you by Bosco's Boys Koozies. If you want one, show off Koozies in the Wild, sign in the DMs, show us a five-star rating review. We'll get you your very own Bosco's Boys Koozie. Not a ton to talk about uh, special teams. Zentner looked good on kickoff. Um, Winkle uh, nailed that 40-yard field goal. That was the death nail in Stanford's coffin. Um, once we got that, it was over. Perfect on extra points. Um Let's let's see a couple more before any sort of like anxiety around field goal kickings absolved. But you know, it was a great field goal and he had the leg. That would have been good from fifty-five. So he has the leg. We'll see what happens. Um return game. Brooks's only real big return got called back. No kickoff returns. So again, just pretty pretty nonchalant. Stanford's punting is really bad. So he there's a lot of fair catches, so I not going to really extrapolate too much there. Punting, I think it is notable. Zentner got all three punts. Bloomer didn't get any. All of them were 40 yards. One of them was downside the 20. All of them solid. Um, he does seem to be the undoubted number one puncher this year. So, overall, he was uh, he was solid. So, we're going to get into grading the four keys to V from our preview show. Uh, the keys to V are sponsored by, again, Spotify Green Room. Live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use to talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Perfect for those watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and breaking news. 
It's a free app that you can download in the Apple iOS or Android store. Just link it with your Twitter account and you're good to go. We'll be going live every Wednesday, 7 p.m. in God's time zone. All right, Grant's not here, so it's just me giving grades. His first one was dictate the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm not sure what Grant's grade would be, but I'm giving it a B- because I think we dominated the line of scrimmage on defense, but we did not come close to doing that on uh, offense. So I think B- is a fair grade. Uh, yeah, I hope the offensive line will get there. Again, you have the talent. Each individual piece is talented. I think we'll get there, but it just wasn't quite up to what I was hoping for outside of a handful of plays. They had some very great plays. They had some plays of brilliance, but all in all, just not consistent enough for me to go higher than a B minus, which I think is a, which I think is a uh, consistent grade. Mine was come out hot on offense and defense, uh, you know, ride the momentum. I would say, like I said, another B minus. The defense started hot and they stayed hot the rest of the game. The offense was doing great again, up until that interception. And I don't know if it was a bad play call. I don't know if it was a bad read decision by Skyler. Um, the ball was fine. I honestly, at that point, you, he didn't have him beat. Just put it out the back of the end zone. Um, but that killed that drive, um, and the offense never quite got into the rhythm. So I'm going with B minus again because the defense. Basically, it was an A+. They got hot. They stayed hot the entire game. Grant said, let Skyler be Skyler. Honestly, I'm going to give this a C-. Uh, Skyler was Skyler in the red zone. Uh, he had that nose for goal. That was great. Um, but the early interception, and I, he didn't run that much, and maybe they told him, hey, no, you're not going to. We have to keep you healthy. But that just doesn't equate to being Skyler being Skyler. So I'm giving it a C-, but I, I'm not worried. Not worried at all. I think Skyler is going to be fine. And I think if we needed him to do more running, if we needed to pass the ball, I'm sure he would have been fine. Um, but, you know, Skyler being Skyler is the high end for Skyler for me. You know, it's those Oklahoma games. So he was not there. I'm giving that a C minus. But again, I have zero worries. Skyler wearing number seven, he's going to, he's going to be fine. Uh, and then the final one was win on special teams. I mean, give it a B, I guess. I mean, if if that one big return wasn't called back, I'd probably give it an A because, again, punting was good. Kickoff was good. The one field goal was perfect. The extra points were perfect. Um, but you didn't have a lot of opportunities for returns, and the one good opportunity was called back. So I'll give it a B. Um, so ultimately, and this is this is what's wild about this game. Ultimately, I don't think we had a great game. I don't, I don't think we played... I think we played good. Just good. Not great. Definitely not great. Played good. We still dominated that game for Stanford. Again, maybe Stanford's booty. But I don't think it would surprise anyone if Stanford figured stuff out and ended up with five, six wins. I know the over-under is three and a half. You know, they're playing Vandy and they play... Notre Dame for rest of their non-con, then they have their Pac-12 schedule. Pac-12 is garbage. I mean, hell, they could end up in the Pac-12 championship game, and I wouldn't be surprised because, again, the Pac-12 is garbage. But, you know, anytime you beat a Power 5 opponent playing good, not great, and that team's not named KU, you have to, like, you as a fan get to feel great. You know, even if the team didn't play great, you get to feel great. So that's where I'm at. 
Post-game Ask Bosco questions are brought to you by the University of Houston Athletics. That's right. They're sponsoring us because they want to come into the Big 12 that bad. That said, we're going to have a full Ask Bosco question because we had so many great questions that hopefully will be dropping on Tuesday. The hope is Grant will be doing it uh, so he can get his opinions and takes out there about this game. All right, so now it's time for Game 1 Game Balls. Um, For those of you who are new, we both get two game balls, give them away. Uh, Typically offensive or defensive player, but if you want to, you can sub in a special teams player for either game ball, uh, first or second one, and then we will have a special swagger sticker. The swagger sticker is just like, hey, a dude who had some swag, just an extra little shout-out to a player. Since I haven't been able to get in touch with Grant, uh, my buddy Matt, who's part of this crew I traveled down with, he uh, kind of gave me his picks for his game balls. So that's what we're going to do. Um, Matt's first game ball is going to Deuce Vaughn. Um, ultimately, had the best game on offense. And, you know, that third and long touchdown run made things very comfortable. He wants to get him the ball a little bit more in the pass game. I agree with him. Uh, my first game ball is going to Philip Brooks again. Um, Staying alive, breaking off his route, and finding space and waiting for Skyler to scramble and hit him for that 56-yard pass, which led to a touchdown. That was massive. That was a big play, and I think that kind of shows like the best of Skyler and the best of Phil Brooks. Skyler keeping the play alive and Brooks finding space and making a play. So I, I was very pleased with Phil Brooks in this game. Uh, that second game ball went to Cody Fletcher, and again, I think I think that is the correct call. I think Cody Fletcher was the MVP of the game. Um, he made a lot of tackles, had that sack, had a tackle for loss. I think that's a great one. Um, mine, uh, it's going to. I think it has to go to Tim Horn. the 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 dude was dominant. I think T.J. Smith is an honorable mention, but he is dominant. Watch him play. Just he's not going to get a lot of tackles, but. That's not even really his job. His job is to take up two men every play, allow the linebackers to clean up behind him, and try to give the defensive ends a one-on-one. He does that job every single time. Timmy Horn is the real deal. So he gets my game ball. Um, Matt's swagger sticker, and this is the most obvious one. It's going to the sauce boss. It's going to Reggie the Legend. Reggie Stubblefield. Reggie's great. I He made a couple plays. And he has that swagger. He looks good wearing number one. He celebrates. He is bombastic. I I love him. He is like the definition of a swagger sticker. So Reggie, the sauce boss, Stubblefield, Reggie, the legend, Stubblefield gets a swagger sticker. Mine is going to Skyler Thompson. Um, because when he scored those touchdowns, he made sure to know. He truck-sticked a guy. He was celebrating a little bit. He was hyping up the students before and after the game. He looks good in number seven. He's back. Again, was it the performance I wanted to see from Skyler? No. No. I think he could have been better. But he had that swagger. He had that confidence. He's the captain. He's bringing the emotion. So he gets my swagger sticker. So that's all we have for this first game review. I'm pumped. I'm buzzing. I'm over the moon. And I think you guys should be too. Um, we're going to be coming with a, an episode on Tuesday. They'll drop. They'll have all of your um, Ask Bosco questions. That'll be fun. Um, hopefully it's Grant because I want him to be able to get at, you know be able to review. And honestly, because the questions are so good, he's probably going to give more opinions than I did on this. But it's exciting. Your cats are one to know. They beat a Pac-12 team. Pac-12 sucks. The Big 12 3.0 is going to be awesome. Maybe we'll do a back-to-back nights 
Spotify green room uh, and talk, you know, a little Big 12 expansion too. Who knows what we're going to do. But we'll get something out. Blitz week's technically over, but who knows? We might might get sneaky and give you five shows this week. Uh, stay tuned. Again, download Spotify Green Room because you never know when we're going to go live. Grant was here. He would say, meet me at the cat. I'm going to say, just love each other. Um, I, love your friends. Hashtag no new friends. You don't have to be nice to OU Texas, Iowa State, Pac-12, ESPN Athletic, any of them. But, yeah, celebrate, folks. This is going to be a special year. That was a fun game. Talk to you soon. Go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors Podcast Network.